Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Bijan Robinson is the running back one. Who's the running back two? It really depends on your flavors. The questions you want to answer or even ask, I guess. Hayden, NFL Combine is complete. Day four of on-field activities is over. Simply put, when we look at athletic testing, height, weight, size, all of that, what goes into a running back's profile for you? So athleticism doesn't matter all that much. At least it doesn't have that much predictive power. And that makes sense because there's so many shapes and sizes of running backs. The one stat I'm like definitely looking at is just pure weight. If you look at the top 20 half PPR running backs from this last season, the average weight is 219 pounds. Only two running backs weighed under 208 pounds. Those were Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler, who are complete outliers attached to great offenses in the perfect role. There are some historical outliers that weigh in the 195-pound range, Jamal Charles and those types of backs. But for the most part, a guy that weighs 218 pounds is the guy that's most likely to get 250 touches. And for fantasy Really, it just comes down to touches. Efficiency doesn't matter all that much. Are you getting a carry from the sec- the, the two-yard line or not? I love this because all week, we've focused on athletic testing for pass rushers, defensive linemen, edge players. We did it so much for tight ends. We've talked about it a lot when it comes to wide receivers and really every other position, offensive linemen. Um, but I am totally with you that like I do not believe that athletic testing is crucial for running backs like it is for other positions, which might shock people out there. I mean, obviously you'd love the best runners to also be great athletes. And like, that's never a bad thing. You know, when you get your, your Saquon Barkley's, your Christian McCaffrey's, your Nick Chubbs, I think that almost takes them to players that change their offenses, which is really tough to do in today's NFL. Right. But when I've covered this, you know, for the last decade, almost there are plenty of average or even bad running back athletes who are productive and it's for multiple reasons. Like you said, it's the individual who has great vision, is great on contact, but it's also the situation that you're in with a great offensive line, great blocking, also getting those goal-to-go situations. Like Dalvin Cook, Mark Ingram, David Montgomery, Devontae Freeman, Kareem Hunt, Arian Foster, Josh Jacobs, all range from bad athlete to average. Then on the inverse of that list, it's like Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker, Aaron Jones, so on and so forth. They're a great athlete. So to me, it's not as pivotal to be a top tester at this position. Yep, completely agree. Sort by weight and then go from there. All right. With that in mind, let's kick it on over 
to this year's class and head and shoulders above everyone for every single evaluator. It's Texas running back Bijan Robinson, 5'11, 215. Check. Yep. Total right. check. Yeah. And then the athleticism was also checks across the board. His 10 yard split, which is also kind of showing more burst than like long speed and burst to get through the hole might be a little bit more important than long speed. Bijan was 86 percentile. His vertical jump, 76 percentile. His broad jump, 76 percentile. Uh, the the weight adjusted 40s in the 66 percentile. In my write up, when I wrote all of these prospects up before the combine, I said the only thing preventing him from being in that Saquon Barkley type of tier when it comes to being a running back prospect is elite athleticism, elite speed. Saquon Barkley is in another class athletically, but Bijan Robinson, what he's so good at, he's so comfortable as a receiver. His vision, I think, is very good. He's got great feet, and a lot of these clips are just showing him staying on balance, and he's very strong as well. So Bijan Robinson didn't move up or down on in my evaluation. He checked every single box and him being like a 75th percentile athlete is pretty much on par from what I was expecting. Just the raw results here today. 446, 4152, 10 yard split, 37 inch vertical jump, 10 foot, four inch broad jump. No agilities. You'll hear that with basically everyone. Only two running backs completed agilities today because, you know, they're after the jumps. They're after the 40. They're after the positional drills. And then whatever is left over in the energy tank. Uh, is passed on. Let's put it that way. Um, Bijan's fascinating to me because, again, going back to the original part of this conversation, what I really care about and what I think translates from the college level to the NFL level, and you know, PFF's grading and charting has indicated this in their short amount of time of existence, is missed tackles force. And he was first in college football this past season with 104 missed tackles forced. That's most all time. That's most all time, not just this year. That's the most all time. Now, they did kind of like change their criteria on what is a a forced missed tackle, and it's kind of helped out these these, uh, recent backs, but that's most all time. Well, And and I'll even go back to Graham Barfield, pre-pre him being full-time in the fantasy football industry with yards created with someone like Kareem Hunt, who was fantastic at creating yards on his own. And Per attempt, Bijan's up there at 4.2 yards after contact. That's tied for 11th. So, Mm -hmm. again, on top of this, plus the receiving usage and experience and comfortability he has in that area. Hayden, I guess the only question is, in 2023, how early does Bijan Robinson go? Because we know he is the running back one overall. So right now on Underdog Fantasy, you can draft all these guys we're going to talk about right now. Uh, And he's like the 15th overall pick right next to like Saquon Barkley, which makes about sense to me as well. I think that he has a chance to go round one in redraft if he does go to the right landing spot. I think that he should be the 101 in all dynasty formats right now, uh, or at least for rookie drafts. He's going to be very good. I I wrote in my in my write up that anything other than multiple RB1 seasons would be a disappointment. Did you go through your note on the average weight for the top 20 scoring running backs at the top of this conversation? Because to me, that is incredibly useful and incredibly important because it's something where so many people understand that like running backs are stables now, right? Running backs are shared workloads. But for you to point out that the top 20 scoring fancy running backs last year averaged 219 pounds and only Austin Eckler and Christian McCaffrey weighed under 208 pounds is notable because even if many of them split backfields, still the ones who scored the points and scored the touchdowns were heavy. Yep. 
Yeah, so this is like a deeper class. If you are a full PPR bro and a zero RB bro that loves 195-pound receiving backs, but for the most part for fantasy football, it's the guys that score touchdowns, and there's not that many of them, so we'll get to them. All right, next, we're going to go in ADP order, which you can draft these guys on Underdog Fantasy right now, and I wanted to bring up that weight caveat because next up is Jameer Gibbs coming out of Alabama, five foot nine, 199 pounds. Yeah, so this is going to be a highly debated prospect, in my opinion. He only was getting uh, touches on the perimeter and as a receiver. 112 as a, of his 151 Alabama carries were either off tackle or to the complete outside. And a lot of these clips that you're going to see are either him as a receiver or running off tackle. He basically got zero short yardage. He's very small. He doesn't run with that much power. Um, but today he runs a 43640 that's in the 92nd or 96th percentile his uh 10 yard splits in the 86th percentile um so it really just comes down to is the weight he weighs 199 pounds that's uh in the 10th percentile he gets comp to Alvin Kamara a lot they're the same exact height Alvin Kamara was 214 pounds yep. we're talking about a 15 pound difference and i think Alvin Kamara he runs with a lot more power than Jameer Gibbs ever ran now Jameer Gibbs is much faster than Alvin Kamara in a straight line. I think they're going to play the same type of role. But for fantasy purposes, the debate is, is this guy going to have 250 to 300 touches? Or is he going to play like a Reggie Bush NFL type of role here where he's going to get 200 efficient touches and it really is going to depend on how good is his quarterback. Like the the peak Alvin Kamara, the peak Reggie Bush years, he had Drew Brees throwing checkdowns to him all the time with a perfect uh, coordinator. Jameer Gibbs, is he going to have enough power and size to have the fantasy football role? I loved his tape in that specific role. How much more, uh, of a workload can Jameer Gibbs handle? I think people might pivot off of the Alvin Kamara comparison because of what you said, the weight difference. I mean, 15, 16 pounds. Uh, and maybe over to someone like Tony Pollard, who has the juice. He was 210, you know, and that yeah. was sometimes playing some wide receiver. And I'm sure he's bulked up going to the league, too. I'm totally with you. The Alvin Kamara stuff didn't really make sense to me. And sure, Kamara is never going to be listed among the top NFL running backs in terms of creating force missed tackles because he's not, you know, the size of Nick Chubb or Damian Pierce or Ramondre Stevenson and all that stuff. But when you actually watch him, his ability to win on contact is so pivotal. Like you can go back and read articles from, Luke Keekley quoted and Thomas Davis quoted saying like trying to wrap up Alvin Kamara is difficult. Like his yeah. body goes limp, you fall off of him. And I just have not seen that in the short sample that I've watched of Jameer Gibson. To me, that's a pivotal piece for it. I understand the receiving aspect. Mm -hmm. Now Kamara was used like that for Sean Payton, but the creating yards in your own aspect, other than the straight line juice, I yeah. think it's a bit different. And I was hoping we would get agility drills from him because I think he'd be very good at it because he is a compact uh, rusher and he is very light on his feet. I think that his three cone, if he does run it out his pro day, will be very good. But I was hoping we'd get that because all of the best small backs in the NFL, they are very fast. They were also very productive in college, by the way. Like all these like Jamal Charles and Ray Rice backs that are very small and are the outliers at the position, they were getting heavy, heavy, heavy usage in college. Jameer Gibbs didn't quite have that same exact usage. Now that was at Alabama, and there's obviously some outliers at that school. But he doesn't fit the mold exactly, but his tape does. And his raw athleticism in a straight line does too. So I think we're going to have some serious debates. I like him as like an RB2-3. I'm not sure if we're going to get 300 touches out of him. He did have 
15 carries of 15 plus yards last year. And look, I'm not saying everyone has to be B. John Robinson here, especially when the dude, you know, breaks records, but missed tackles forced 38 last season. And that's, you know, 0.25 missed tackles forced per attempt, comparing that to Bijan, who was at 0.4, which was third in the NFL compared to 57th, I should say, in college football last year. So there's a real difference in their size, despite often one being ranked as the running back one and one being ranked as the running back two. Yep. All right. Next up, Zach Charbonnet, player that you really like too, coming out of UCLA. I think that's a big indicator for everyone. Uh, six foot, 214 pounds, a 453, 41-5-4, 10-yard split, 37-inch vertical, and 10-foot-2 broad jump. Yeah, the 6-foot-214 is what stands out to me. That's 50th percentile right down the middle. Looks like a fantasy workhorse. His 40 time was not supposed to be very good, but when you weight adjust it, it's in the 28th percentile. 4, 5, 6, 40. There's a lot of backs like Josh Jacobs and those types that have this size combination with this average to below average speed he runs a little bit upright um but he has a little bit more burst uh his 10 yard split was rock solid his vertical jump was in the 76th percentile his broad jumps in the 65th percentile too so he is not a bad athlete he's probably an average athlete at the position and to me he's a he's a very experienced back he's got soft hands for a big guy he reminds me a lot of james connor he kind of comps like that with this workout as well. So for me, Zach Charbonnet, he's going like 95th overall in redraft uh, on best ball right now on underdog fantasy. I think that's too low just because this is somebody that I think can occupy a RB one role. And for a bigger back, I think he just has softer hands. You used a lot of my favorite buzzwords there. A average athlete is not a bad athlete. And really at running back, all that we have to do is completely avoid just the non NFL caliber athletes, which are, you know, two Sigma away from the average. And there's not that many of them um, since 2015. These are those names. Okay. Demario Richard, Jihad Thomas, Matthew days, Devion Smith, Josh Robinson, Marcus Murphy, and D Hart. Like that's it. You know, the other guys have a chance of succeeding because of all the factors that we talked about at the top of this conversation. And Charbonnet is nowhere near. Though. Nowhere he, near. That, he's he's an average running correct. back, not even a bad one. He's an average one, and that's a win. That is a total win. All right, anything else you want to say about him, or should we move on? Uh, I think we'll, when we go through these profiles with the tape and stuff, we'll get into oh, some well, of the details here yes. for sure. Uh, combine, I would say it's a, a slight win for Charbonnet. All right. He has an ADP right now of 95 and a half on underdog. Jameer Gibbs, which you can draft right now. No other platform allows you to do that. Uh, 56.8. So it's like a 40 pick difference between the two right now. Um, Sean Tucker is up next and there's about a 40 pick gap between him and Charbonnet. Uh, he opted out at 207 pounds. Anything you want to say about Sean Tucker, who I believe went to Syracuse. He is a Syracuse guy. He is the spreadsheet virgin guy for dynasty Twitter because he was getting a very big workload early on and is an early declare and quite productive and caught a lot of passes. Uh, You'll watch the tape and you'll understand what I'm talking about. I think there's a reason why he opted out. I think that he has some straight line speed, but he's kind of uh, tight in my opinion. Mm. And he only weighed 207 pounds. I thought he was going to weigh heavier than that. The fact that he was only weighing 207 pounds and then chose not to run the 40. I don't have a good feeling about this, but he's buried in my rankings, like the RB 10 RB 11 in my rankings on underdog fantasy. He's going as the running back four, because the spreadsheet virgins are really impacting that. So I think there's a reason why he didn't uh, run the 40. All right. 
I'll let you carry that one then. Uh, next up on this list is Devin Achain. A chain, five foot eight and a half, 188 pounds. Now, at that 188, ran a 432, 151, 10 yard split, and 33 inch vertical jump. But, like, again, not to keep bringing this back around, but I want to keep putting context to this weight despite obviously a blazing 432. How many of these players do we see on a weekly basis really impact us? Maybe yeah. teams for a select few plays, but impact us at 188 pounds. That's going to be the debate. The one unique thing about A-Chain, though, is he was operating as a bell cow uh, in the SEC at this size. And that's kind and of Texas it- A&M's offense is Jimbo Fisher and like has a lot of pro style concepts in previous years. Correct. Um, and he's a legit track star. Like that speed shows up on tape all the time. He's going to be receiving back based off of the size. There's one clip of him running a wheel route and he looks extremely explosive. Uh, like I think like the dolphins could fall in love with him because he kind of do some of the Raheem Mostert stuff, but, uh, he can also has softer hands than Raheem Mostert shown in the NFL. So this is like, comes back to the weight thing. And he's much lighter than Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs has more density. He's 199 pounds. Uh, Devin a chain was 188 pounds, got the burst for days. So nothing surprising, not stock up, not stock down with a chain after this combine. This is exactly what we should expect. It really just comes down to, uh, outside zone and receiving profile. Could you do anything other than that? Can I throw a name at you? What about like Matt Breida? You know? Yeah. Like Brita. what I really, and again, we discussed at the beginning where I'm not focusing so much on athleticism of this group as I am other positions where I do really like to talk about athletes at running back are round six, seven or undrafted free agents, you know, where he Mostert's that name, Matt Breida's that name. Um, I've talked about, uh, Mike Boone in the past as well. Heck, I introduced our buddy Mike Renner to Kane and Wangwu a couple of years ago. You right. know, like to me, that's where you can invest in great athletes, and hopefully, there's something untapped potential there. But I think in certain schemes, like you're saying, like this could be utilized more often than it is with others because of that pure explosive element to get to the edge, to get to the seam, and reel off big runs. Unlike all those names that you just listed, he is like probably going to go round three and he was always supposed to go there. We knew about this guy forever. This is not like a sleeper. He just kind of is in the mold of those sleeper backs. Um, And Raheem Mostert was 195 coming out of Purdue. Matt Breida was also 195 coming out of Georgia Southern. Uh, He played like, I think, quarterback and they had an option offense at Georgia Southern when he was there. That was an interesting team to watch. At the time, maybe Jarek McKinnon also from there. Jarek McKinnon, yep, correctly? yep. Oh, by the way, real quick, uh, Jameer Gibbs was a Georgia Tech. He was running that triple option stuff as well. Really, before going, before going to uh, Alabama. See, I mean, I'm just showing how early I am to this process. But look, I'm being it's good. About it. Yeah, I'm being I like it. About it. All right. Next up is I know about this guy because he. I feel like in the world of streaming services, it is very easy to forget that you subscribe to a platform for just one show, one event, one game, and then get charged over and over and over again. We've all been there after checking our monthly bank statement, and that's just the start of the process. After that, you have to find out where to cancel, how to cancel, click on this button, that button, email this person, that person. But now there is one easy way to take care of all of that. It is rocket money. 
It shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels them for you, whichever ones you do not want. And in fact, Rocket Money can find subscriptions you did not even know you were paying for. That's like an extra, you know, five, 10, 15 bucks that you found in your couch cushion. Again, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money is over 5 million users and helps save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash underdog. That is rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Rocketmoney.com slash underdog. Ran right over and through your USC Trojans. Uh, that's Tajay Spears. That's putting it lightly. <laughs> Five foot 10, 201 pounds. Uh, we did not get a 40-yard dash. 39-inch vertical, 10-and-a-half-foot broad jump. Look, this is – if we just had that conversation – about Jameer Gibbs at 199. I know it's like looking at a price tag and seeing 499 versus five dollars and one cent. It's only a two pound difference here. Right. Yeah. Uh so 201 pounds, it's 15th percentile. Those jumps that you said are around 80th percentile. I don't know why he didn't run the 40 here. That's kind of uh, intriguing to me. Uh, maybe he was putting on some weight uh, and didn't want to run at that weight. Either way, Taiji Spears is interesting because he was basically a one-year wonder at mm. Tulane absolutely nuked the Trojans here uh but he actually had the short yardage uh workload at Tulane and he kind of shakes off a bunch of tacklers so he kind of runs a little heavier than what his weight is um but at the same time it just that is his weight he's 201 pounds he would be an outlier if he's a monster fantasy running backs I think he's going to be committee type um so I comped him like to Khalil Herbert maybe that's kind of where he is as a strong RB2 we kind of get some hype for him but I think he has a little bit more of a ceiling after seeing those jumps are pretty intriguing, but I'm hoping that we get him to run in a straight line at his pro day. I love most was his absolutely zero wasted movement when running these routes, like these option routes that they tried to imitate at the combine. Um, he would get up and then it wouldn't be choppy steps and then cut to one side. It was foot plant out the door. Right. Yep. And so often when you see these multiple movement routes, it's because running backs feel like they have to make multiple moves in order to create separation. And it feels like Spears understands that this is the area where I can win. It's to instantly create separation and sustain it with as little movement as possible. And that drill was very key for him because in the last two years, he only caught 19 and 22 passes. And based off of his size and his kind of burst, you would expect him to be a receiving back. I think Ty J Spears is probably going to go round three, round four. He's probably going to be a committee guy. I don't see him handling a massive workload here, but I would not be surprised if, he, if one day he's viewed as one of the premier uh, passing down backs because his lateral ability, his weight, his ability to shake off defenders and run through arm tackles out in space is pretty good for somebody that is his weight. I'm trying to think of recent draft years where we had like one guy go in the first round and then, oh, here we go. This might be an example. 2019, Josh Jacobs, 24th overall pick. Then there was only one other back selected in the second round, and that was Miles Sanders. Then after that, it was a whole bunch of third rounders, a bunch of fourth rounders, and then a bunch of day yep. three guys. But obviously the Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, Dave Montgomery, Alexander Madison, Damian Harris types – were yeah. that different, but Damien, I don't think was that big coming out of he was like 210, 215. I'm live Googling here for Damien Harris. Um, I believe 
this will load. Yeah, 216. You're right, even though he caught a ton of passes. He ran up Alabama. the middle at Alabama. Yeah. You know, like that's in when like Daniel Jeremiah and other like NFL type of people say this running back class is deep. I don't think that we should take that as deep for fantasy running backs because I see it's deep for <laughs> NFL, like for like finding a role in the NFL, not deep for being a RB one, RB two in fantasy. Right. Could, could also be deep in the fact that everyone knows who the top guy is. And there's a ton of names that could be the second one that it yeah. makes it feel deeper. Yeah. If that yeah. Makes I agree. All right. After this, next up, Tank Bigsby. Yep. Four, five, six, 210 pounds. What do you want to say about Tank Bigsby? Yeah, he ran exactly the same speed as what I thought he was going to run. He is his name, Tank Bigsby. That's how he plays. He's not going to be shaking you guys off. He's not going to run by you. He runs hard. Um, he's not the biggest back in the world, but he is. He kind of runs with that style. My comp going into this was a slightly smaller Jordan Howard, and Jordan Howard ran a four five nine. Uh, Tank Bigsby ran a four five six. So I think that's the type of back we're dealing with. He at least has enough size to kind of mix in and potentially be a spot start bell cow type of guy. So he's kind of intriguing for dynasty circles and for redraft as a sleeper. But I, there was nothing about his game that really jumped out to me. Um, so I think this was a no stock up, no stock down for Tank Bigsby. Let's hop around a little bit because Zach Evans was 202 pounds, injured, did not work out. Instead, let's jump to Roshan Evans, who... Roshan Johnson. Did I say Roshan Evans? Yeah, Zach Evans, Roshan Johnson, um, who was Bijan Robinson's backup. This is almost like a Priest Holmes to Ricky Williams situation back at Texas. Um, you're a big fan of Roshan Johnson, a 458 at 219 pounds. Talk to me. So, well, first of all, 219 pounds. He looks like an NFL running back. There were some people that thought he was going to fail the combine outright. And the combine for him matters a little bit more because he didn't have the same exact usage because he was Bijan's backup. Typically, backup running backs don't do anything or backup college running backs don't do anything in the NFL. I think we can possibly make an exception uh, when it is Bijan you're playing behind. But the thing that stuck out uh, about his combine was his 10-yard split was at 1.52. That's in the 86 percentile, which is pretty good for somebody that weighs as much as him. Now, his long speed's not that great. His his vertical jump was only the 13th percentile. His broad jump and that 10-yard split were pretty good, though, for a bigger back. So this is, to me, you can't put this in your spreadsheets. You have to just go out there and watch the tape and tell me if you like him or not. And I think that he's not super elusive. He's not, like, the craziest guy ever, but he can pass protect his ass off. Everyone loves him, and I kind of compare him to like Samaj P. Ryan, somebody that's going to hang out in the league and have a role that's probably bigger than we all expected. And I think that there's a chance that this guy goes like round three and all the spreadsheet virgins are crying about it because they haven't watched him. All right. Just to kind of wrap up what we, how we started combine week going through all these press conference and, and clippings. Remember Doug Peterson saying he wants three to four backs that can work in a tandem. And then he also wants them to play special teams. I kind of feel like this is right up his alley. You know, Roshan is going to be a special teamer, RB2, RB3 on a team, could be a bell cow in, in, in a in an instance because he has pass people might have the like the best pass protection skills in the class, and he can run with a little bit of power. So he's like not good at anything, but is like average at everything and is like gonna see the field just because he's uh like not gonna like make your team lose. 94 rushing attempts last year, just 14 receptions, 95 attempts the year before, and 80 attempts.
the year before that. In terms of forcing missed tackles per attempt, uh, he was at 0.49. That's good. That is good. And then he forced 46 missed tackles last year on, again, just 108 touches. Yeah, 4.3 yards after contact is on par with a bunch of NFL starters. So the the per carry numbers are good for Roshan. All right, can we just hop around a little bit and have some fun? Let's go to Deuce Vaughn. Like Mike Ritter pointed this out, and we've talked about it, you know, uh, with Kalijah Kansi at defensive tackle, with Emmanuel Forbes at cornerback, who's like 6'1", 166 pounds. There's no one been that tall and that skinny among defensive backs ever at the NFL Combine. Uh, this is another player who just breaks the mold, you know, five, five, 179 pounds. We didn't get a 40, but a 35 and a half inch vert and a nine foot, eight inch broad jump. Yeah. So Deuce Vaughn is a, somebody that we're all going to root for. He had 335 touches last year and he barely weighs 177 pounds. Now, when I watched him, you're like, okay, how is he going to move like Darren Sproles? Cause that's going to be the type of role that he has to have in the NFL. I didn't see that. I said others at his size show more burst and agility. So I'm not surprised that he did not fully test uh, today. I don't think he's going to be a dynamic athlete. I'm, I think he's hoping to be like Tariq Cohen. Uh, that's the kind of size profile. But Tariq Cohen, th- these were freak athletes. Yeah. Deuce Vaughn, I just don't think has. I gave him a late round five grade. He's my current RB 16 and I haven't even watched everybody. I'm out on Deuce Vaughn. He is, he is somebody that I'm rooting for. But I just didn't see the athleticism, and I'm not surprised that he did not run the 40. All right. Can I throw a name at you then? Because he fits the weight at 216 pounds, and he posted one of the best athletic profiles today. This might be like my sixth, seventh round love, and it's Daenerys Prince coming out of Tulsa. 4-4-1, 40-yard dash, 1-5-3, 10-yard split, 35-and-a-half vertical jump, and 10-foot-4-inch broad jump. I think he had about a 60-40 split. This year at Tulsa, I don't know if they were good or not, but I believe he was also a Shrine game running back, so I'll reach out to Eric Gauco about this one. Um, But I think from a size standpoint, which we've gone through, there aren't that many this year, it feels like. I think this is a name to bring up. I have not watched him, yep. so I, I can't I can't tell tell you too much about him. Uh, typically, I think he's a retreat senior. Retreat seniors from Tulsa uh, who didn't get a senior bowl invite kind of hey, well, okay, no, no, no. Right? Let's or not no. downplay the Shrine game. I think that there is some, you know, there's a, a momentum a closer going to it. meeting between yes. the two than it used to be. I and I agree, and rightfully so, because the Shrine game has stepped it up recently. Yes, yes. All right. Is there anything else you want to say about the running back spot? Like one final comment on weight. Okay. It's not just workload. I think part of that is because of, you know, size and health, but also just like old school NFL perception of players of that size, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. there, there truly is stuff like that, that continues to live in the league. And I don't want all of you just to diminish our conversations about this. Cause I think it's real. It's legitimately real. And how about pass protection? Like, do you would you rather be 220 pounds with that blitzing linebacker in your face or 200 pounds? So I and we always matters. fall in love with, you know, the Roto World blurbs, the the 185 pound guys that look great in preseason action too. Mm-hmm. But when you think about it throughout the course of the season, those are just few and far between that we care about on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. I hate to say it because yeah. it's so easy to love those guys, yeah. but it's true. Uh, can we talk about one of them real quick? Sure, go ahead. Keaton Mitchell from East Carolina. He is a 179 pounder, but 
He ran a fourth, four, three, eight, 40. That's a 93rd percentile. His 10 yard split was in the 96th percentile. His vert 82nd percentile broad jump 83rd percentile. This guy, when I watched him, he is very jitterbuggy. I think that this guy has a chance uh, on spe- uh, special teams and on uh, third downs uh, of all the small guys like Deuce Vaughn or Keaton Mitchell. I like this Mitchell kid because he has a lot of burst. And I'm not surprised that he ripped up the combine of, of note, though. He's 179 pounds. Yeah. Now, when those players hit, they're like our favorites, right? Oh, yeah. Because they break the mold, as we've discussed before. All right. Anything I, else at the running back spot? Yeah, sorry. Why? Uh, why? Why are we doing this? When you don't like any of these guys, why are we still talking about them? Well, Kenny McIntosh, he's, he was a receiving back, and he had an ADP. Uh, he weighed 204 pounds. He ran the 40 at 462. He is not a dynamic athlete. He is fluid. He's not going to – I think he's going to play some passing downs in the NFL – because he's so fluid and, has, and is comfortable as a pass catcher, but he was not super explosive out there. And then Chase Brown, he was the guy that kind of lit up the combat. I haven't watched him yet, but two hundred nine Sydney Brown, correct. And he was a stud athlete, just like Sydney Brown, uh, two hundred nine pounds. So he checks that box, runs a four four three. So I think this is going to be somebody that, unlike um, the the Tulsa guy, this guy at least I think has a chance just based off of his production last year. I believe he transferred in from Western Michigan too, if if I remember correctly. All right, that's it for the running back spot. Again, we're going to have many more videos, individual reports on these running backs as we go along. So keep your eyes peeled and subscribe to the channel for that. But ladies and gentlemen, we have saved the best for last because yes, offensive linemen also ended on day four. And if you watched on the channel, hacking the NFL draft by using Moneyball, you know, that if an offensive lineman records a 447 or better short shuttle in the last 13 years, 28 recorded that number, 24 were drafted, and those 24 went on to start 84% of their NFL games. Here's the list, and I want to bring it up because we have a new member of the club. Yes, it's a Bruin from UCLA. His name is John Gains just over 300 pounds, produced the best athletic profile of any offensive lineman today, started every single game last year at right guard, has some center flexibility, started there two games in the previous year, and also got one start at right tackle. So from here on out, all of you need to hope, heck, pray that your team selects John Gaines because he is the newest member of the 447 Shuttle Club recording a 445. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting for him. This is this is exciting. I'm glad we got one. I was fearful that they weren't going to even try to run the. the there were a ton of goals. shuttles. Everyone knows there was no position that ran more twenty yard shuttles than the offensive lineman because they all wanted to get on the list, mm-hmm. and only one guy could do it. There now we are push, putting this to the test. A Bruin fifth year guy, uh, Shrine Game guy, right? Uh, yeah. We'll see if, if this guy if this guy goes off. Man, you could just victory lap this thing all the way to the grave. And to be honest, I believe there's three offensive linemen already on this list that went to UCLA. Um, Xavier Suofilo, yep. Jeff Baca, and I think Jake Brindle did as well, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe? I don't remember those last Um, And none of them hit. <laughs> so maybe it's a UCLA thing. Hmm. They're like one of the three of seven misses on this. Mickey Mouse School, Mickey Mouse football program, of course. They're running around like ballerinas. He was an NFLPA guy who then got a shrine invite as well. And if this is a topper that you need, Ben Fennell, the great, the grinder of the tape, 
totally loves him some John Gaines the second. So let's go, John Gaines. Let's go. A couple more names I wanted to uh, call out here. One, it's amazing when you watch the uh, overlapped 40s of Dewan Jones is bigger than Makai Becton. Uh, that was a big shocker. The other one is this BYU offensive lineman. Uh, let me pull up his name because he set the record among all offensive linemen for the vertical jump uh, in history. I mean, beating Tristan Wirfs, which is just nutso stuff. Um because Tristan Wirfs, we know, is an awesome player and then an incredible athlete. His name is Blake, Blake Freeland. Blake Freeland. And I don't know if he is 27 years old or 22 years old. You never know with BYU. Um, and he seems more of like a developmental athlete than guy you can plug in and play. Um, and then one final name I wanted to bring up was Eastern Michigan. Sidey Sal. Yeah, Sidey Sal. You got it correct. Other than John Gaines, he posted another great athletic profile, which, again, when we talked about defensive linemen, defensive end, edge, if they need to be athletic because it's one of the few one-on-one matchups, it only makes sense. Also, offensive linemen athleticism has gone up in recent years. Now, a lot of that's because of anchoring and hand use, and it's not just athleticism coming to the success, but heck, you can look at Andrew Wiley, who was an undrafted free agent that his year coming into the league uh, was a top five scorer among all composite scores at his spot. It looks like the top uh, offensive tackles, well, a couple of them might have to kick into guard. None of them look like Andrew Thomas, Tristan Wirfs athletically. Like we don't have 95th percentile athletes. Uh, we are going to get some offensive tackles, I think, on the fringe of the top 10, but none of them look like the absolute stud rare athletes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see compared to last year. And then you even mentioned the year before that. Last year, it was obviously Iki Aquanu, Evan Neal, Charles Cross all went in the top 15. All right. I think that's it. We have wrapped up the NFL combine. Wow. A entire video on quarterback, entire video on wide receivers and tight ends, entire video defensive backs, an entire video on defensive linemen at edge. If you need an extra, I don't know, four hours of content. And I, I'm writing up all these profiles too. If you are a, uh, a written guy, if you're h- hanging out there still reading, if you know how to read, please support Congrats. underdog network uh, quarterback and uh, running back profiles are up. I'm working on the wide receivers next. Yep. Free agency just around the corner. We'll have reaction videos to all of those moves. And as we keep on saying, a ton of draft profiles here on the site for each of these prospects. For Hayden, I'm Josh. Up the Ville, everyone. Talk to y'all soon. See ya.